Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to As an Artist, a local famous records podcast about local artists, their art, the creative process, and the local scene. My name is Anthony Sosa, and thank you so much for joining us. On this episode, we have Court Huang, and it was most of his band who was present. We had Joseph, Mo, Leanne, but we were sans Felipe, and Felipe, you were missed. Uh, man, we had we had a fun time. I had a great time talking to Court and everybody in his band. This was I felt like I met some really amazing, awesome people, uh, and we got really deep. We talked about we just, we talked about music, of course, and kind of the background and, and influences. Um, but we talked about a lot more than that, and we talked kind of about humanity and like the the creation of art, like as a human being, and we talked about that love trust vulnerable vulnerability uh and like kind of i don't know got got really into it and i really really enjoyed i appreciate their candidness and openness and like willingness to have a conversation like uh, of the quality that we had so um i hope you enjoyed as much as we did and without further ado i'll get to them right after i tell you to please please stick around until the end we have the uh 2022 release by court huang on their album get right the track Get right or get left behind. It is a beautiful, beautiful song. So please stick around till the end and, and catch that as well. And uh, without further ado, here is the interview. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yes, yes. Fun. So, like, before we get into it, I just want to say that I've been looking at your space. This looks like a very productive like healthy like space is this your is this where y'all where you do practice is this where you work what, what is this this is actually the first time that the vocal these two so this is uh, let me just introduce you real quick okay so this is leanne she plays keys and she sings this hey, is hey. Mo. they play keys and they sing awesome i'm court i play guitar and i sing this is joseph he plays bass and he sings and he's also the producer and then felipe is our drummer and he couldn't be here because he doesn't sing <laughs> he, does. Yeah. he does though just not no, he just does. not he in this way well. yeah. he actually fronts his own um so yeah um this is a space that uh i use mostly for recording but we could definitely rehearse here if uh if it worked out that way we just it's been no, a mess is, until about really like nice a day ago <laughs> we cleaned it up just for this so <laughs> I love like, it. we need a quiet place to come and like do this and i have this space but it was just piled with all the shit that's up there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can we curse? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah, have at it. Okay, cool. Have I'm at so it. Sorry. Yeah, it's been happening. <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's all good. So five in. Like, Is that cool? <laughs> I just want to say thank you guys uh, for giving me the time to talk to you guys today for making this work. Listener, you don't know, but we just spent a lot of uh, time figuring out how to get this this work to to work digitally. So I'm um, sorry we couldn't do it in person, but I'm glad we're still getting to do this. So all good. Yeah. When in doubt, just turn it off and back on again. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That actually, yeah, that's, that's all it took. The old, the old plug it, unplug it and plug it back in. <laughs> so <laughs> court, I, I want to kind of get to you and like your history. Cause this is like your project, right? Can I, is I, am I safe saying that? Yeah. Yeah. It's got your name um, on it. So I was just assuming. <laughs> <laughs> it's very egocentric. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it is. So I, I've, I've been, writing songs and playing for 12 years now. I started in 2011. 
uh, as a solo artist and I worked and lived in Austin. Okay. Uh, when I moved up to North Texas, I met Joseph and we started a little trio band and then I lost my drummer this past summer and like, started looking for another drummer. Yeah, like right after. Lost him in a show. Like we, we just, we never found him. still with us. He just disappeared. I hope he's doing okay. Uh, Gareth, right? Yeah, Gareth. No, he, 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 he moved and he's, he's a tremendous drummer. I miss him. Uh, but we have Felipe now and he is also a tremendous drummer and I miss him because he's not here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Joseph had worked with Leanne and Mo on a previous project, yeah, okay. which was like a Prince cover band. It was amazing. And uh, awesome. yeah, so what were y'all wanted to start. What was yeah, the name of that thing. Prince cover band? Is that a curiosity? You have a name? Um, it, it was just called a study in Prince. We only did two shows. It was fun. It's awesome. I think they're going to come back. I think they're going to have to maybe like once a year or something. I do think it would be fun to do again. It's just that (laughs) it took nine people Mm. and each set was like, what, 20 something songs. So it's, it's more just an issue of logistics. Yeah, I can imagine. That sounds like it. Mm-hmm. But that's awesome. So, okay, so you two met first. Was it down in Austin or was that up here in DFW? This was in uh, Arlington. Yeah. Arlington. Right, Court, your mic is the quietest one, I think. I can get closer. Oh, there we go. Okay. Let's just do that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this was in Arlington. Uh, yeah, and, and we've both since moved to Fort Worth. No, I have. Yeah. Yeah, you're in Fort Worth too, yeah? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay awesome. Yeah. Mo and Leanne, where, where are you guys? Is it, what, what part of town are you guys from? Um, I'm in, I'm in Crowley right now, but I'm from like Northeast Fort Worth area, like EGB area. Um, but I work a little more South. Uh, yeah. So I'm living in Crowley right now. Gotcha. South side. Yeah. And I'm currently, um, in Bedford, which is like HEB as well, which is like where we're kind of both, uh, Um, yeah, from. Okay. Very cool. So everyone kind of in the, the Tarrant County area for the most part. With, with yeah. The interesting. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm over here in Southside Fort Worth. or uh, I'm on the west side now, but over from Southside Fort Worth. So I'm right there with you guys. That's awesome. Nice. So, okay. So I, I want to talk about a lot of things with you guys. I want to talk about like your, your creative process, like how you guys create your music court, how you kind of your writing process. I also want to, you know, like we touched on just now, a little bit of personal history. I want to touch on the DFW scene. And I want to just kind of ask y'all some, some, I don't know, some touchy-feely questions about making art and making music and like what that feels like. And like, do you view yourselves as artists? Is that something that's like an active thought in your head or is passively? Or I don't know, you tell me. Absolutely. Yes. Resounding yeah. yes from me. Yeah, that's a big yes. <laughs> I, I guess I use artist and musician interchangeably okay. as mm-hmm. most people mm-hmm. would, but like... I, I identify as a musician, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, but um, yeah, that sounded super pretentious. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm a musician. So My I'm pronouns good. are musician. I would say, yeah, we all, and I think a lot of it, it's like, it's a philosophy around it, right? It's yeah. like, you're not making things just for the hell of it. And you're not mm-hmm. making things just for money. And you're not making things, the novelty or the entertainment value necessarily. I think there's sort of a depth of like, you're trying to accomplish with it 
in terms of communicating something or in terms of bringing about change in a social or political way or, you know, whatever that looks like to you. Um, but just sort of like there's a, there's an undercurrent of something that's more than just, we just like to get on stage and like dance around, which we do. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but it's more. And of, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. From um, a different, uh, a more individual perspective, I would say that we're all kind of, cheerleaders for each other and for other people so the idea of us running across someone that we somebody that we know that would we would consider a musician and they might not consider themselves at the same caliber we would be like no absolutely you are mm -hmm. i feel like any of you guys would do the same thing yeah. because if you play an instrument whether or not you necessarily give yourself enough credit you are a musician yes. it doesn't matter where i'm highly judgmental <laughs> but they're still a musician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't have to be good to be a musician. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You just play. That's what he tells me at every rehearsal. <laughs> but no, I think. Yeah. All art is good art. That's There you go. Art, art. I firmly believe that. Yes. A hundred percent. And what I find is, I, you know, not everybody feels that same way. Not even a lot of musicians view themselves as artists, which is kind of wanted to start off with that. I kind of had an idea that maybe you did just based like on your music and like the kind of vibe and the message that you're sending out um, with with this project. Like it's 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 good vibes. It's positivity. And I want to kind of get to that, too. Um, but before we do that, like what are some just basic bare bones? Like what I, I want to hear from each of you guys. Like what is, a, a, you know, I guess let's, let's pick three really big creative influences whether it's music musicians maybe it's vocalists or what have you like where do you get your inspirations from i know y'all give me a second whoever wants first. to yeah <laughs> I, I will gladly go first oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. um i think one of my biggest influences are obviously other musicians um dre Solange is a really big huge one for me as well uh I think who else? Yeah, those are really just like my my big two. Um, especially with Dia Ari, like she has this um kind of like concept album that she does called Songversations. <laughs> um and like I think like the first album uh came out like probably like early two thousands, late um, late nineties. And like, you know, throughout the the year, she'll create the same album with the same songs each time it's a different instrumentation and each time it's a kind of gives like a different feel and the last at least that i know of the last one that she had did for the song song versations was in 2017 and i think it's my favorite one just because like it's like she accumulated like everything that she had learned and all the different things that are like and even like different musicians as well so you kind of get this like final product and it's so, satis so satisfying to hear because, like, you're hearing the same songs over and over in the same album. Um, but it's musically and, like, harmonically as well different each time. And, yeah. like, she, she's a huge, huge, huge um, inspiration in, like, Solange, especially in, like, kind of, like, the alt R&B-like area. And, like, she's been, you know, in the game for a long time as well. <laughs> and her her sister is Beyonce. If you did not know right. that, 
<laughs> and both of them so are just really. like, <laughs> and that's both a, of them are just amazing powerhouses. So <laughs> that's an awesome concept. Um, I, I, it's just like temporally kind of revisiting the same up. thing. It's so cool. That's it's awesome. so cool. Like she really is goes all in um, with NDRE, with that song Versations. But um, started listening to Solange back in like 2012 with her like sophomore album, I believe. Um, really connected with it because at first when she started it was like this funky kind of like psychedelic kind of feel but now like if you uh, oh, oh sorry your your screen dis- disappeared for a second oh. um but you're good now <laughs> um but she um a seat at a table came out in 2016 and that was just like a huge inspiration and just like a I don't know. It was kind of just like a catalyst. And I think also like in 2016 and 2015, when like all R&B was really kicking it off um, and, you know, kind of being a little bit more mainstream, she was a huge, huge, huge um, inspiration for me at the time. So like seeing especially artists who have been in the game for so long um, is has always been such a huge inspiration for me just because it's so satisfying to see their like progression as an artist and how they got better which is why I really love Rihanna as well because <laughs> like she started off like super like small small girl from an island you know what I mean and now she just performed the Super Bowl <laughs> you know so it's like seeing that progression and like seeing like how people grow as an artist is really huge for me um so that's something that I take like I, I keep in consideration when I'm like writing songs or when you know or with other people how you can learn how you can grow like your that like what different situations um can change you as an artist that's really huge for me like the staple as an artist that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> cool who who wants to go next um one of my biggest artistic influences from childhood is Don Hertzfeld, the animator. Oh, wow. So just the entire process of discovering Rejected on the internet, as we all did, whenever <laughs> I must have been 10, following his very like introspective later work yeah. really impacts my love of nonsense, profundity in a way that doesn't answer any questions my wife really loves i think about me the like um, <laughs> that 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 that's awesome i wouldn't have i wasn't going to uh wouldn't have guessed something like that that's i could, that's that's really cool how how does that inf- how does he or how does that that like i don't even know how to describe it that feeling that he creates when you watch his art when he watches you know his animation um how does that translate into into your music are you primarily a bass player or what what else do you do um, uh, how, how just time everything. <laughs> I am primarily a bass player. Um, I've self-published like a book of prose, and oh, yeah. um, we are in development on a board game and a video game. Badass. So Maybe create. You like making things. Things and he writes songs. Hell yeah. He, yeah. I like penguins. Um, but what my favorite artists do so uh, my biggest musical influence will probably always be the Mars Volta oh yeah Chris Thiele and 
both or it, the thing that I take the most from all three of those influences and pretty much everyone that I really, really dig is that they not feel obligated to tell you everything. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy a good piece of media, I guess I'll say, that allows for personal breathing room. You don't need to make the audience feel dumbed down by giving them all that information, and then you're just wasting their time. I remember a very specific point whenever we were working on this record where we essentially cut out a verse for that same reason. <laughs> Not in a way that I felt like it was... I didn't feel like it was too much, but I felt like it was better to leave it open-ended. You were pretty insane. Welcome. <laughs> you were right. You were right. I still do it live sometimes, but yeah. Which is also totally cool. And that's, that, that, is, that is one of the things of the different mediums, right? You have the recorded versions, you have the live versions of things, and so that, that's something that you can play with as well. Um, hmm. Awesome, awesome. I wanna, let's, let's keep it going. I want to hear from more of you guys. These are great, these are great influences. I'm loving it. I guess it's my turn. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> um, my, the three that came to my, the forefront of my brain fastest what were, um, or the quickest, I should say, were our Haley Williams from Paramore. Nice. I feel like I've listened to her since I was a wee lad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just, uh, as their band has evolved, I have like kind of grown up with them. Mm. And I've always just one bit in love with her as a person. And then with her vocal, her voice is so incredible. And I've vocally been really inspired um, by her and I've like tried to imitate her craft. I mean, as much as you can, like she's amazing, but like, um, um, so I could go on and on about Paramore, but I just love their, and I love how they've evolved, but still stayed true to like their core. Yeah. Like, they've evolved, but you can tell immediately when you hear a new song, Oh, that's Paramore. Mm. Like that's, they're just so iconic and still identifiable, identifiable. Sorry. Um, Second one that came to my head was, um, in general, the Alba Alabama Shakes, but Brittany mm. Howard. Nice. I, again, powerhouse of a vocalist and musician. Um, just amazing singer. There, um, I guess, I think it's her latest solo album, Jamie. I just, all of those songs, I can just sit there and just like stare at a wall <laughs> and listen to that whole album and just be like, every time it's like listening to it really for, for the first time. And it's just so impactful, that album is. And so I'm definitely inspired by Brittany Howard. And just the, oh my gosh, I just forgot the song. Um, Short and sweet off that album. Every time I listen to it, I'm just like in awe of Transcending. what, yes, like <laughs> of her work and her as a vocalist and a musician, a writer, all those things. And then the third group I think of is my favorite and who I'm inspired by lyrically a lot and musically is Young the Giant. They've also been one of my favorites since beginning of my time, like realizing, like kind of getting my own and knowing what I like in music. And I just, I've always loved that band. I've seen them live so many times because it's like a spiritual experience every time I see them. <laughs> but like, it's so wonderful. And their lyrics are so like heartfelt and their live music is so touching. It's just, uh, Wonderful. And so I, I take inspiration from all three of those in similar ways and in their, yeah, similar ways I take away from all three of those artists. That's awesome. I love, I love how much, like, 
I don't know how much energy you guys are feeling like off of just thinking about how these artists have impacted you. You're just like getting so excited about it. Like, I just love it. This is what, this is what it does. This is what music does. Right. This is right? what makes us ah. I like start stumbling over my words. I'm so excited. I'm like, I can't get it all out. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Court, what do you, what do you got for us? Close it out for us. Uh, um, so a songwriting perspective, it's definitely a lot of like bad boy acoustic hour kind of stuff. Like Leah Smith, like a huge songwriting influence for the first probably like 10 years that I was writing music. Um, you know, that stuff that like, I feel like saved my life uh, in some of the darker periods of time. Um, I would say from like a production standpoint, like who I most idolize is Rufus Wainwright. Um, just like, again, like tremendous, huge vocals um, with like the orchestral elements and still some like pop sensibility and just all around a good time. Um, then I would say, like, more recently, um, I've been trying to get more into, you know, other artists that kind of blend the lines between some of, like, the more classical instrumentation with more, like, pop or, like, hip-hop or R&B sensibilities. And there is a cellist out of Atlanta who goes by OK Cello. His name is Okari. And... Um, he does some really cool stuff, live looping cello. He's like incredible, you know, from a That's from a cool. technical standpoint. But then the things he does um, and the ways that he takes his music and writes it um, with sort of, you know, through the lens of um, like he's a, he's a black cellist. Um, and like you don't run into a lot of like classical black cellists mm -hmm. just in the wild. Um, in the so it's, yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> so I mean, he, he turns a lot of heads, though, when he shows up. People are just like, OK, like, you know. So, but I mean, okay. he can, he can hang with all of the, with all of the, the classical people, but then he also, he writes things. He, he brings in a lot of, um, kind of traditional African rhythms and, awesome. um, he does a lot of really, really cool things with live looping, um, that I was able to, to see recently. And it was, I mean, just really impactful, um, just to see like what's possible, an instrument that like you would probably think of one or maybe two things that you could do on this instrument, you know, um, if you, if you didn't see somebody who was really pushing those boundaries. So kind of cool to get to see artists who want to, uh, forge new paths forward. Um, but especially with what you can do with kind of social artistry is what I call it. Um, which is just sort of like socially minded, um, songwriting and, and art making. Yeah. Which like, I think, okay, that's a great segue into, do you, are you socially conscious in your songwriting? Very much in my songwriting. And I'm trying to be more so in an active sense, um, which is something that like we probably want to talk about as a band. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I so I have three kids. They're they're very young. My oldest is five and my youngest is 10 months old. Um, so like I tell people like I'm I'm just kind of in the shit right now as far as like <laughs> being a parent. Um, so I don't get to like go out and like do a lot of the things that I used to do. Now that we're done having babies and the kids are starting to get old enough that like other people can watch them for a while, I definitely want to get more socially active um, in terms of like building community, like personal community and larger community, but then also in terms of doing some of the more like outward kind of social work that um, I think is much needed. But yeah, there's definitely an undercurrent of a lot of that in the songs that I write. Um, but I don't always talk about it because sometimes you're in very mixed company mm. in certain venues, especially around North Texas, where mm. someone maybe is expecting a little more red dirt um, and a little less, you know, kind of 
California sensibilities. <laughs> um, so you, you, you kind of have to be a little careful. Um, but Which is unfortunate. assuming everyone in the band is on board. What's up? I said that's unfortunate. You have to be careful about stuff like that. You know, I know exactly what you're talking about here in Texas, right? Yeah, and and you know, it's it's the kind of thing also that like sometimes it's better to have one-on-one conversations about it than it True. is to try and like get up on a podium and start spouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do think that like there's a lot of value in letting other people know, especially people who are maybe like-minded or or want to find their voice and their footing in this world like you can you can do the hard things and you can you can have the hard conversations um so i think there's a lot of value in that and i want to be more of that for other musicians but also just for like my own kids and for future generations you know absolutely absolutely no i i am of the like mind with you there buddy like and i'm very very conscious about okay this this message that we're putting out i mean art is propaganda you know whether we want to think about it that way or not and so it's like, if, are we, we going to use it for that purpose or not? Are we just going to have fun? But if we are, if we realize that the, the platform and the role that we have, it seems to me, I mean, this is just my personal bias, like a pretty serious, it's a pretty serious thing that we're doing. Uh, and so take it seriously. Be, be aware of the of the impact that you have on people's lives. Like y'all just showed like how, how other people have touched you guys with what they're saying um, and what they're doing. And so like you guys then, you know, in, in turn will inspire and touch and, and move people in the same sorts of ways that you have been. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's great that you're doing that, that you're standing, that you're standing for those things and doing those things and like actively thinking about that as you guys are creating stuff. I think that's very important. Um, so I, I was reading through your uh, press kit a little bit and I saw that you, so you, li- you live and work in California and in Vietnam. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. What do you mind if I ask? Like, <laughs> what's the difference between being a musician in in those places versus being a musician here in Texas or in DFW? Like, as I imagine, it's probably um, very different. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, California is very much just a grind. Um, I mean, you can find pockets of, I mean, it's huge, right? So you can find your pockets of, of community and you can find the people that, you know, as, um, again, sort of like socially conscious artists. Um, it is a lot of like, you know, patting each other on the back. It's a lot of, you know, uh, applauding ourselves. Um, it starts to feel a little bit insular. Um, whereas I feel like in Texas, I'm always meeting different kinds of people and new kinds of people from different backgrounds, from, different uh different walks of life than i would ever have have imagined meeting even in a city as diverse as la it's just like again you kind of find your you kind of find your lane and you stay in it whereas in texas like everyone wants to mind everyone else's business a little bit (laughs) (laughs) and like that pros and cons right um in vietnam it's like even more homogenous because like you know it's 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 just vietnamese people um so, you know, living and working there, it's like there's a very specific mold that they kind of want to fit you into. Um, so when when they would take me around on tour and stuff like that, you know, my set would basically be determined for me. They would tell me what songs they wanted me to play. Would, you know, so you got to make sure you play this one uh, because this is what they're here to hear, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so it's a lot of, you know, the, the folk songs and some of the more contemporary ones and some of the very pro-communist ones in the north and some of the you know more like revolutionary ones in the south and like I have my own personal feelings about all of that uh that we don't need to get into but um <laughs> sure but sure. from a from a purely like uh artist you know standpoint um 
it does uh, kind of wears on you, you know, there's not a lot of freedom um, in terms of like, I can get up and do whatever I want to because, you know, as as quickly as they fall in love with you, they can fall out of love with you. Um, and that's kind of one of the dangers of, of being uh, uh, trendy, I guess, or being part of a fad. That's interesting. So would you say so that that here in DFW you feel more more freedom to kind of express yourself in the way that you would like to versus I guess the three of those places or I think uh I think in part like I had the most freedom to express myself in California just because most people agreed with me. Um <laughs> in Texas I feel like again I you know I have to be a little more careful but at the same time like artistically people, people are here for it, you know? Um, and in North Texas, especially, I feel like, um, you don't have, this is going to sound really shitty, but like, we don't have super high standards for like production value mm. coming out of local artists. So you can put out your song without it needing to be, you know, you don't need to spend 18 months on it. Um, unless you want to, which is, you know, what I wanted to do. So we did, but like, you don't need to do that to, to put it out there and to get a lot of people really into it because what they care about mostly is your live show. Then also, you know, just how real are you? You know, are you being yourself? Are you being your authentic self? I really think that in North Texas, people appreciate that more than in most other places I've lived and worked. That's awesome. Like, yeah, I'm always, I'm constantly trying to ask people and trying to get a perspective on this scene here in DFW. And so I'm probably going to hit that again here in a little bit from you guys. But while, <clears throat> while we're on that, like, what is, what is y'all's like creative process look like? So like, are you writing these songs and like, what is that rehearsal look like? Like is, are y'all collaborating and hashing things out and working things out? Or is it like pre-written ahead of time and Hey, we're just trying to like come in here and get ready for the studio. Like, what is that? like the creative process look like for the, for these songs? Vibes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's vibes, vibes. Um, I do. I have written all of the songs thus far. Okay. Um, this band configuration is fairly new. So a lot of it's been sort of like catching Leanne and Mo and Felipe up to date on the, the sets that we used to play and stuff like that. Just trying to get a working set that we can, you know, we can go start gigging again. Um, moving forward. Well, and, and Mo and Leanne, each basically written their own parts some mm. from like taking inspiration for the recordings but then mm. like y'all have definitely done your own your own stuff with it which has been incredible to watch and like to kind of get to be a part of a little bit like we'll we'll play around with notes it's it's really nice to work with musicians who have a music background like mm. i don't really have a formal music background except in singing but like getting to work with singers who have a musical background um is is really exciting for me because i'm like oh doing the things that I want you to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't have to like teach you any of like the techniques and things like that, that I want you to be doing. Um, so that's really nice. Yeah. I would say like, we mostly just get together and just see what sounds good. I would exactly. say. That's, yeah. That's, and like yeah. court, I mean, I, I, I feel the same for like, you know, the entire band, but like court is really perceptive about like certain things as well. Cause like he knows the sound that he wants, which is like always like comforting. Cause you don't have to like, be like constantly figuring out where you need to be but like if you wanted to throw out like a harmony or like if you wanted to be like oh like I think we should come here like in on here or you know anything like that like he's always super open-minded about it like it's very comforting because it's like I know that like there's no such thing as like a bad idea you know what I mean like I don't mm -hmm. I don't feel like there's going to be like 
<clears throat> any like animosity or like anything like that when it comes towards like uh any type of like vocal arrangement right. you know what i mean like we don't have to worry about like it not sounding wrong or like sounding right or anything like that like he's super open with like yeah. just about everything <laughs> and it would be it would be really easy to like come to rehearsal and be like this is what y'all are singing like yeah. don't vary from the plan mm -hmm. but it's it's really like again great that you're so open to it so we can experiment mm -hmm. because me per i don't i haven't written my own music before but i feel like it's like creating a child basically yeah. you know like, <laughs> like, <laughs> very similar <laughs> not the same obviously as you have them but like <laughs> but it's a lot of work and it's your own and it's your craft and to have to be so open with having people that getting to know like we know each other now comfortably but like when we first came in first rehearsal he's like yeah just like try some harmonies and i'm like wow he's like trusting us with his work yeah. and so that's really cool that he trusted our um talents and musicianship enough to let us experiment with that with him highly recommend it well so. yeah thanks I joseph anyone that joseph trusts yeah. i trust it's all it's also so nice that we have kind of like a security blanket at like like as Joseph because yeah. it's like okay we already know like someone who's in the band we've worked with them before mm -hmm. so it's kind of like okay like we're we know that we're in a safe place at least <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> and that's so important I would say like you know, sorry go ahead I was just gonna say you know having done solo work for you know such a long time before starting a band letting go of creative control was really hard for me at mm, first sure. mm. um but y'all are coming in late enough in the game that i've gotten pretty good at like, <laughs> not bringing my ego into it because mm. like you kind of have to leave that at the door come in and then like later on you can reassess and say like okay this doesn't work and then we can right. have that conversation but like when we're in there we're just we try everything we're open to it we we, we hear it and we say Okay, no, that was that was bad. Or like, oh no, that was it. That was definitely it. I don't care what you say. You have to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no more changing it. It's, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> is, the, the challenge is, is actually yeah. setting it and yeah. saying, okay, no, it's done. This We're is it. And that's one of my favorite things about rehearsing in this setup with the band, because whenever you started the band it was just a trio where you would sing and play guitar i played bass and then we had our old drummer gareth on drums now with vocalists there's a very important consistency that needs to be matched because if you guys try to hit different parts of the same chord in a new way it's going to end up getting real crunchy real fast <laughs> but you also don't want to write full five line staff notation so i enjoy looking at Leanne's notes and it's literally yeah. just like one, one vocal note line <laughs> like it just says eyes or something and then G hyphen A hyphen F sharp it's incredibly efficient for you in particular you know what you need Zoe calls it AD4K it's awesome and like to have that 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 type of communication where you can kind of trust each other and feel safe like you you know this type of relationship that you guys have developed i feel like is like is is kind of the important thing and what a lot of times can make or break a band uh and the ego being a part of that right court like especially if it's your project it is i mean it's these are your songs this is like your thing so it is hard to kind of set that aside but it, it you know i've 
more often than not, I feel like people have off, often great things to contribute and great perspectives and things that, you know, we are maybe ourselves as an artist didn't consider. And so when we do kind of let that, you know, guard down, be a little more open and vulnerable with the people that we're working with, like great things can happen. How, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you've all been in like various different projects. Like, what would you say mm-hmm. about like what, what differentiates or makes this group like more special than maybe some of those things or what what are the qualities about this what y'all have going here like do you like compared to other things that you've been a part of well this is technically me and leanne's like first band that we've yeah. technically been in oh, awesome. like i've filled in and like performed with other bands before but as like a temporary thing like oh we need a vocalist for this project or hey i'm doing a gig in Denton. can you do you know vocals for us type of thing but as far as like being in like an official like real band um i would say that this is kind of like my first experience mm-hmm. um which i'm like so like grateful for cuz like all of the other people that i've worked with it was kind of like the same thing like they already know what they want they already like kind of have an idea of what they need you know what i mean so it's more just like a fill in matter but mm-hmm. it's being different here that like okay like yeah we have these songs that we want to perform but I've never been in a band where they uh, allowed you to like do your own, like, or like kind of do your own vocal arranging mm-hmm. in a way. Like I remember when we first got together, like when it, like court has sent uh, a song to us and it was so nice and was so pretty. I was like, okay, like I can hear some harmonies in here. And I went on band lab, like set out a, like a couple of like harmonies and like sent it to court. And I was like, such a, at first I was like, ooh, I don't know if, like, am I, <laughs> am I overstepping a little bit? Like, am I doing too much? But, like, it was so, like, like I was saying before, like, Court is so perceptive about these types of things that he was just like, yeah, like, we can do that. Um, we can work on it and, you know, try to add that um, to the song um, as well. So, yeah, as far as, like, any other, you know, type of, you know, situation where I have to, like, perform with another band, this is completely different right <laughs> and like just a completely different vibe um all together so yeah i'm very grateful thank you court <laughs> we, we got kind of like it was a, a happy accident to get yes. in this band because like it just kind of it came into the, it, it fell into n- our laps yeah yeah honestly. there was no official like, it really yeah, yeah it was so like mo did a like a gig back in like 2021 the first prince gig Mm-hmm. with joseph oh my God, that was 2021. and i went and saw yep. that and Dang. right and so like fast forward to this past summer they're like hey we need another song and i'm like pick me please and they did like thank god <laughs> and it was super fun and so then we did that gig together then joseph was like hey my buddy court needs some backup singings we're like put us in and it happened miraculously and so, and it's just been working and so Awesome. Then we did our first gig together in December yeah. of this last, like of 2022, like fairly recently. And then after the gig, me and Mo were both kind of like, oh, right. we're in a band Thanks. now. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, and literally like Joseph, we were in a rehearsal with, it was, it was me and Joseph and Felipe. Cause I, I had, I knew I needed another drummer. So we got another drummer and Felipe, he's an old friend. So I was happy to be working with him. Um, Joseph would 
like we were, we'd finished the song. And Joseph was like, you know what you need. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to hear it. Tell me. <laughs> it's like, you need vocalists. Yeah. Like you don't need, you don't need instrumentalists who maybe also play or who maybe also sing. You need vocalists mm. because you can like, you can put them through the ringer the way that you want to. Uh, which which I, I think I have done. I'm, yes. I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm very high standards. We're still vocals, here, though, right? so it's all okay. You can't, you can't hang vocally, then, like, I'm sorry. You know where the door is. Um, but fortunately, you know, I've got two amazing... And Joseph was just like, yeah, okay. I was like, we could try it. And Joseph just whipped out his phone and yeah. just started texting. Just immediately. Like, <laughs> cool, I'm on it. Like, yeah, okay, Mo's in. Okay, yeah. And, like, Leanne's in. And I was like, guess i'll see them next rehearsal here we go <laughs> it was perfect you know um one thing though that i would say differentiates like this setup any other setup i've been in because I've, I've i've played bass in a lot of bands and i've like I've, I've fronted a few different bands and a few different you know iterations of like my music slash other people's music and like the one thing that is so different about this is that i'm having fun like every time we come into the rehearsal space and we start working like I'm having fun. I'm not like I think there's a lot of, you know, what we were talking about earlier with like that creative control and like not being able to let go and like trust other musicians. All of that is just your own insecurity mm-hmm. about how good you are. Like, mm-hmm. am I good enough? Yes. Because if I'm not good enough, then I'm going to project that onto everyone around me. I'm going to see or hear that they are not good enough because I think that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I have finally reached a point in my life where I'm just too old to keep giving a shit about that. <laughs> so I, I, I'm able to just say, you know, what, like I know for sure that like I'm good enough to be doing what I'm doing. I, I'm good at what I do. And I can leave that there and everything else is just gravy. So then after that, it's just fun. You know what I mean? Because you're not thinking like, oh, like, am I, am I messing up? Like, or like, you know, is somebody else messing up? Like, you don't have to come into it with a negative mentality like that and say like, looking for flaws. Right. Like, it's good to catch them when you find them, but like, you don't need to be looking for them necessarily. So if the vibes are on, then like, it's all good. That's how I feel now. And it's, it's a lot less stressful leading a band that way. Yeah. I will say. Amen. That's awesome. Joseph, what do you, what do you got to add to that? Do you have any, any, anything to add? I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking about it since you asked. Um, and been with me for a long time so he's i don't know we've known each other well um (laughs) just i'm kind of i'm I'm trying to reassess my my mental repertoire catalog you said because i started classically the orchestra out whenever i was 10 and i've been very lucky to have so many opportunities and so many different experiences that kind of jump into a lot of performance opportunities without thinking. Mm. So in playing with you, how is that different? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily different in any way that would imply negativity towards the other projects I've been in. I was just, whenever we first met, I was a fan of your music before... We started working together, and then whenever you said that you were thinking about starting a band, I was like, perfect, he's stuck with me now. <laughs> and that was October 27th, 2017, Period. that was at Josie's Island. 
There you go. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I've definitely grown a lot from everything that we've done, and I've grown a lot separately from that that I think has made me better to work with and also probably better as a friend, I hope. Say yes. Um, Say yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, but the best part of it is that you have a very, like, like we, they mentioned already, a very cohesive vision for what you want a song or a project to be while also understanding where there is the right amount of freedom as a bass player or whenever we're working on a more of the orchestral side of things with the records, you know when to when to have more of a leadership role and when to kind of just leave monkeys with the typewriter. <laughs> it's a fine balance. Yeah. You know, finding that finding that balance between who who's pulling what weight who's doing the work i mean if this is you know what you've got one band leader in the band making the decisions that helps it helps to have somebody who has a vision and like kind of guiding everything a lot of times i've been somebody in, has to be. someone has to for sure and sometimes it's too many cooks right sometimes you get too many egos mm -hmm. in it and it's hard to get things done but that I, I, that you know i think that's awesome that you guys have kind of like figured out your balance figured out something that makes you happy i think that is such an important thing and like and another thing that can kind of conflict with that that I've talked to artists about is like the the listener's perspective. And like, is that important to you as an artist or not? Like, am I making this music because this is what I want to make and because it makes me happy? Like, is that what you're doing, Court? Are these songs that, like, this is what I, I have to do these things? Or are you thinking like, are people going to like this? Like, is that a, is that a consideration <laughs> at all? And historically, historically, I have thought far too much about what other people want. You know, this last record uh, that came out last year uh, was the first time I made music and I just wanted to make music that I wanted to make. Mm. And as a result, I shit you not, it is by far the best work I've ever done. It's the best thing I've ever put out. And I, I love it. It's so good. And <laughs> it, I mean, like, and I don't mean that in an egotistic way, like sure. I did this thing. I'm just like, I finally let the thing be what it wanted to be instead of trying to make it something that it didn't want to be. And what I found is that, of course, people are more receptive to that. Because like I said, what people really want, more than pitch perfect auto-tune and more than like up in the fucking bass, like, well, people do want that, you know, but, like, <laughs> but what they want more than that is what they want is authenticity. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, want, they want you. They want real. They want honest, yes. you know, and if you cannot give them that, then the best you can hope for is a one hit. But if you want to like develop a, a following and a fan base that like really loves what you're doing, I think the only way to do it is to show up and, and truly authentically be yourself every day that you're making music. 100%. I, I, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. And that's, <laughs> I, I even wrote down here, I was like, I want to touch on authenticity, but like oh, you yeah. already did it. Like that's exactly 100%. Like, so, okay. Um, yeah, go for it. There's a, a quote that I heard recently um, from Wynton Marsalis, the super famous trumpet player, aficionado, composer, brilliant man who plays in a suit. And <laughs> at a Q&A, somebody asked him, is music for the player or the listener? And Wynton Marsalis, I hope I don't mess this up, said, music is always for the listener. The first listener is the player. 
Mm. That good. just answers that. That answers how I feel like anybody should approach it. Yes. Yeah. Did you see that too? Nice. Did you send it to me? Nice. <laughs> so I want to kind of like take take since we're on this this kind of vein, I want to touch on just like the the role of or the power of the significance of love in art making. Something that jumped out to me, Court, is like going through your social medias, uh, is that you had this quote that kind of on multiple different spots that was like, love always and without condition. And I just, yeah. would, would you speak to that a little bit? And then like how that, you know, how that plays into your, your art? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a creed I try to live by, you know. Um, I, I don't consider myself like an especially like religious person. Um, I, you know, I'm a millennial and we by <laughs> and large are just no longer, we're just not, that's not what we do. Uh, but I'm spiritual, which is again, something millennials love to do. Um, no, but Honestly, it's, it's, it's become, it's become a creed first and foremost to myself. Um, that is something like, it's, it's, it's almost like a mantra that I have to repeat and say like, like you are enough, you deserve love. And the first person who is responsible for loving you is you. Mm. That is your job, your responsibility. And, you know, as RuPaul says, if you, you don't love yourself, don't love yourself how, how in the, the hell, hell you love somebody else? Yeah. Yes. Um, and and that that to me is like a big part of it is that like finding finding your true self, you know, who you are underneath all of the bullshit, removed from any context of a society or a community or a family that wants you to be a certain thing or that sees you as a certain thing, removing yourself from all of that, you are left with just this sort of essential being right to get to know that is in a very real way to love it and accept it as it is right and when you stop trying to change yourself to be something that in essence you are not and you find a certain a certain kind of grounding you know in yourself and and you don't have to ground yourself in other things or in other people you know like I've had a lot of issues with substance abuse. I've had a lot of issues with self-harm. I've had a lot of issues looking for looking for that grounding outside of myself, you know. Um, and you cannot find it. Like there's no salvation outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. like, believe in God, believe in Jesus. You are still the gateway to whatever that salvation is. Mm -hmm. You yourself. So I, I mean, I'm gonna get preachy. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like so, so I look at, you know, I hear that quote say, love always and without condition. When I hear unconditionally, sort of, it starts getting too jargony. But like, without condition to me is, is an easy way of saying, like, no matter what. Right? And if you can extend that to yourself, then it's much, much easier to extend it to other people. Um, but it, it, I feel like it kind of has to start with you. So um, that's, that's kind of where that comes from, I guess, for me. Uh, in terms of how it applies to like artistry, I think you probably get a good sense that like, you know, I just want to like, I don't want people out there feeling alone. Uh, you know, I think the most amazing moments in music, when you hear somebody say something in art in general, when you hear somebody say something that you had only ever heard in your own head, somebody else said it out loud. And that is a very powerful moment to get to hear somebody else like, 
sort of like reading your mind almost, you know, and then you realize like, wait a minute, well, I'm not the only one. It's not just me in this sea of other people, other bodies, other things, machinery, you know, like I'm part of something, this, this huge, you know, organism, this ecosystem that we all live in and we're all connected to, but I feel like there are so many things in our lives that try to convince us that we are not connected Mm -hmm. so that we individualism. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we call it like, yeah, like you need to be independent. Like you need to be like your own self. You need to, you know, take your own way. And like all of that can come naturally, but you can still remain rooted and connected to this larger organism is, Mm -hmm. you know, is what I call it. Um, I don't know. I'm, 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 Talking a lot. So. No, I love. <laughs> totally agree. That. No, I love it. This is. I mean, this. I'm right there with you. What, do you guys have anything you want to add or jump in on? In addition to that, yeah, no, I, I completely agree because that's something that I feel like I'm in the midst of right now as well. Like, kind of being like, at the end of the day, like, you're the person who you have. Like everything that you go through, all the experiences that you go through, only you at the end of the day, sit with that. You know what I mean? So like you being okay, you being healthy, uh, you being, you know, you know, someone who, um, you being the first person that can, um, be there for yourself. It's also going to be able to open yourself up to helping other people like you being okay Mm -hmm. means that everybody else is going to be okay as well. At least that's, um, how I interpret it at least a little bit like absolutely you first have to take care of yourself so that you can take care of other people as well mm-hmm. and that for, from the pickup, yes <laughs> absolutely and like I think you know speaking towards the what I, what I kind of call like alienation from each other and from ourselves right like in this technological society that we live in capitalist society everything's try, we're trying to sell ourselves constantly all the time everywhere right and it's like this that is what's separating us. And when you are love yourself enough and are open and vulnerable in front of people that you care about enough and with your art enough, then you're able to kind of cut through that. Right. And like, that's when you say you can, you know, like, like, like someone is reading your mind when you hear a lyric that someone wrote or someone saying, and it's like, Oh, like I'm not alone in this. We actually are together. We are an organism. And so like, I, you know, I, 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 this is something that I'm obviously very passionate about, which is why I'm asking you all about it. Cause I think you got some great stuff to say on this stuff. And so I, what on the, I'm now I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> what do you think of, I was like, we got to work up. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, on that the, kind of where we're headed, headed at in the near future with regards to technology, like, and when I say technology, that can mean a million things. It, it could mean the social media sphere and like, putting yourself out there to try and, you know, get people's attention online. It also could mean the production quality and how we put these songs together, how we make, how we create this art and like, you know, the AI horizon that's coming into play. And like, I know, you know, I, I'm sure, are y'all aware of all the, the stuff people are making instantaneously now with like chat GBT and like the, yeah. the paintings and stuff. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's only a matter of time. I imagine before we can just, you know, type in a couple of words and, AI will poop out a song for us or something like what's y'all's oh, take? It's already happening. Yeah. It, it already it's does. Here. It's, it's here. <laughs> so what do, what do, what do y'all think about all that? 
I don't like stolen art, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not my favorite, especially in terms of like AI. Like you're just you, you can't create. I want to sound too controversial, controversial, but like it's coming from a it's coming from a robot. It's coming from a program. Like you cannot program these feelings or like human connection. At the end of the day, you're going to need flesh flesh and bone and skin like all of it together like i don't think there is like an algorithm or a formula or uh anything that can like replace like real human connection and like real art that's created by real people <laughs> um program authenticity exactly like it just it just doesn't exist to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah, speaking to authenticity, you can't program that. That's not something that exactly. So, is it threatening? Do you think? That... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I don't think so. Question. I don't. No, I don't. It's. I mean, at face value, it could appear to be threatening, like in a way, like oh, like you know, like the people say, like robots are gonna steal our jobs. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> in a kind of sense, like like at face value, but like you said, like what Mo said. It's like you can't like it's it's compiling things that are already made and shooting out like a generalized thing. Yes. Like it's not coming from own thoughts and reflection. Like it, I mean, I hope that it doesn't evolve past this, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like it can't come up with its own feelings and experiences, and it's it's taking from other people's shared experiences. So there's no and authenticity mm-hmm. or um a genuine. Th- feelings coming through that music like it would from a hu- a person so i don't think that could ever replace art from a human being like because there's the heart's not there yes i do think there is a very real threat in a commercial sense oh sure and if yeah. that is if that is you know like if if music is your livelihood or art is your livelihood then it, it does present a very real threat and like it is something that we're gonna have to have a real conversation about Eventually, you know, I think the issue is being forced now. Yeah. Um, I will say that <clears throat> from the perspective of someone who like, so my day job is in tech. Um, I work as a software developer and I, I, I hear a lot of talk about these things, right. Of sort of like you know, the machines are taking over <laughs> and, and there's, there's going to be no room left for people and Skynet is going to be real and we're all just going to be exterminated. Skynet. When the robots realize that we are, you know, we're not worth keeping around. Um, what I have seen uh, in my personal life, and and that I hope is is something that is going to continue trending, is a is a desire for us to really dig in to what makes us human. I think this is pushing a question to the forefront that like we've gone a long time sort of ignoring. Um, we, we do need to ask ourselves, like, what is it that makes us human? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it, you know, again, this idea of like authenticity, like, like maybe, maybe there will be an AI that can reproduce it faithfully enough that a listener mm-hmm. would be able to hear it and say, yeah, man, that hits like that hits me right here, you know? So if it's not that, then like, what really is it, you know? And, and we're sort of having to answer this question for ourselves as individuals, but I think also as a community is sort of, what is it that makes us human? Um, is it the intelligence? Is that all it is? 
you know, is it is it this notion of a soul? You know, what is what is the soul, and and could we maybe faithfully reproduce that using AI? <laughs> like, who knows? You know, um, but and these are questions that that we're answering. But what I'm seeing is a lot of people trying to return to their roots, returning to nature, returning to concrete, like you know, not not literal concrete, but like you know, like <laughs> physical, mm-hmm. tangible things mm-hmm. that help us stay grounded again in ourselves because we are so disconnected from who we are. I think the reason that AI is is taking hold in our psyches so much is because we are not grounded enough in who we are as humans to to not feel threatened by it. Like I think I think it is scary, you know. Um, but I think a lot of that fear comes from a place of not being really fully centered and grounded in terms of like I'm still a person regardless of what is happening in the tech sphere. And regardless of how it might take over other people's lives, like I know where I am, like I'm, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get the implant, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, you know? Um, and like, it, maybe my kids will, and I don't have any control over that. You know, I have, I have a certain amount of influence, but I don't have control, you know, and, and being able to sort of let go of that and say like, this is where I am. I'm here in the present and this is what I have. And, and this is my responsibility. You know, my responsibility is to myself and to others in in a in a way that promotes kindness around the world you know if ai is a part of that then so be it and if ai cannot be a part of that then it will not be a part of that you know um that's kind of how i look at it i don't know that's a good answer very a big picture philosophical though so i don't know if that's very helpful (laughs) no i'm the same way and i see a lot of people like homesteading you know farming and like you know they want to be growing their own food they want to be raising chickens Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that like i love it i'm here for it you know Absolutely. Yeah, this is and this is big stuff. And I know I'm sorry to kind of throw these these giant picture ideas at you guys. But it's like, I, you know, like you're saying, it's something we all are struggling with. And I think especially as artists and like in the role of artists in society is and in humanity. Right. And as you know, we have their, our personal role, is this something that I want to do? Am I inclined to do as a human nature to create things? Um, but then like also enjoying things and, and, and appreciating things like on the other side of it. Um, all of that, I don't know, things are going to get weird over here in the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And, uh, and I just like, I like to pick people's brains about it. Cause I don't know how I feel about it yet either. You know, in, in the 1920s, there was a composer who predicted that eventually there would be some sort of technological force that would be able to recreate sound in the 1930s. Um, a radio host who was not a trained musician uh, named Pierre Schiffer created what was called Musique Concrète, which is essentially the first use of sampling. In the 50s, he started developing you know, computers the size of rooms that would program random sounds. Those began to be played as what was called music. A lot of people did not agree with that notion. Mm-hmm. Then the advent of you know, sci-fi horror films started to use those things, such as Doctor Who. And then the 80s came about and we had hugely sampled drum machines, such as like our boy Prince used. Yes. Now, music is entirely sampled all the time. Mm. We have these same logistical discussions as is this someone's song if they used a sample? And no matter how much you are for or against the notion of something, that does not stop other people from doing it. True. You just, like you said, you got to hope it's for the best. Um, I think sampling is bad. 
Do I think sampling is bad? I think sampling is a legal mess. It's a tool, right? I mean, yeah, the legality. I mean, that's a whole other conversation of like copyright laws <laughs> on music, right? right? I was like, you really want to but get yeah. into it? I, I, mean, yeah. I, I worry a lot about legal things because I like being on this this side of of that. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> true. Or get sued a lot of money. Because... Well, and artists get themselves into a lot of trouble, you know, un you know unexpectedly, un un yeah. unknowingly. Um, because it's not a lot of regulation around a lot of the newer technology. One other thing I would add, though, is that, like, I believe art needs to be accessible. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and the ability to create art needs to be accessible. Mm -hmm. And I am all for the technology that has made it more accessible for musicians to mm -hmm. record themselves, to put their music out, to distribute it without the need for a label, without the need for, you know, multi-million dollar studios. All that kind of stuff like i went through you know the studio process with my first album and it was like it was wonderful and i felt like i was very well taken care of but at the end of it i wasn't really happy with what i got mm -hmm. because you lose a lot um in terms of you know being able to keep it true to yourself and and being able you know so the ability to have more control over your creative process using technology that we have is like i think a tremendous boon it's like it's great um I do think that, you know, the AI is sort of a different topic of conversation, but I, I did want to mention that, like, the, the accessibility that, you know, the, the softwares and, you know, a lot of the plugins and things like that have provided for us is really wonderful. I agree. The double-edged sword. Okay, so let's take it um, from this super deep dive techno thing. Let's zoom out just a little bit. I appreciate y'all following me through this. This has been awesome. Mm -hmm. um, let's go to your your basement music video. That's like a, thing. Hey, That's a oh fun yeah. I want to talk about that real quick, and then and then and then we'll get to uh, your single that we're gonna play here at the end of the podcast, and we'll kind of uh, head that direction. But like, wh where? Okay, it, I just first want to say I love the music video. Like, I think it's hilarious and and amazing and awesome, and like super Tim and Eric vibes. And like, <laughs> was that like your concept? Was that the director who is Brad Holt's concept? Like, how did that come about? Like, t tell me about that. Oh my God. Um, Joseph might have to, f to fill in some blanks here, but the, the, the idea basically, you know, we had this song and uh, the song is about when I was a kid, you know, and I grew up in the nineties, uh, if you couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, the song is about my relationship with my brother. When he was, uh, when we were kids, he had a room in the basement of our house and he was like fiercely private. I didn't know anything about him. We went to different schools. But, like the only things I ever heard were like these random little rumors and me trying to sort of guess. So I was a kid, you know, like 10 years old and I wanted to know more about him. Uh, and he wouldn't talk to me, basically. <laughs> so I would like sneak down into his room when when he was out, you know, with his friends. I didn't really have very many friends. So like I would sneak down into his room and I would just look through his stuff and try and get an idea of like, who is this person that I live with? You know, like, I don't know anything about him, you know, like, so I, I'd be looking through his, his personal effects, basically trying to figure out, you know, who he is. So, and that's what the song is about. So with the music video, I think we wanted to bring back a lot of like childhood things. Um, so like he decided to go kind of full nineties with it. Um, and we found a space that was, was really nice and conducive to, 
to creating sets inside of it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't crazy expensive, so that was good. And I had met Brad through um, there's a there's an arts collective called Spiderweb Salon up in Denton, and I had met him through Spiderweb um, a few. Uh, you know, with a few performances I'd done for them. And uh, I was just like, hey, I'm looking for like any videographers. And he was like, well, I'm a videographer. And like, I didn't know at the time that he um, he's like kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, so so Brad uh, did videography on all of Snarky Puppies live albums. Oh, wow. Every single one. Yeah. That's dope. So like he's worked with those guys for, for years. Yeah. He, he does like music videos for Mark Letiri, like every like he's, wow. he's like in that world doing his thing. And he was like, sure. I'll work with this. Like no name, <laughs> like random guy from Fort Worth, um, which was, was super cool. So um, yeah, we, we decided to, to do that. And then I, I, the only thing I knew for sure I wanted was like child sized instruments. Yes. <laughs> I like scoured the internet looking for like a kid's like drum set and like, you know, the, the little mini guitar and the little mini bass with the, with the four strings. I was like, I like, it was important that it be accurate enough. I was like, okay, I need a six string guitar, but it has to be child sized. And it's hard to find those because when they get small enough, they're just like, nah, just make it four. No yeah. one knows the difference. <laughs> I know the difference. Um, you also really wanted the playing to look accurate on those things. Yeah, no. You we, wanted correct fingerings. I wanted, like, yeah, I wanted, like, I wanted the actual. Cutting. I wanted everyone playing. And you, if you look at the video, like it's it, it is my fingers like this. I'm playing these bar chords, but like I was doing it. And uh, yeah, Joseph was just ripping on the bass for sure. Yeah, you were. Oh, it, it sounded good. Going at it, yeah. It, no, it's so funny because you know you have the playback for the video, and you're trying to sync up with it, but all you hear is ting 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 yeah. ting 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 ting. It's like little, it's the best. Yeah, no, it was it was, uh, it was good. That, awesome. that video wouldn't have happened without Taylor. Uh, yeah, no, Taylor. So that's true. Taylor, um, a dear friend who uh, has since moved to Florida, they were uh, basically the art de art designer. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. that, yeah. And Set so, design. So they 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 went scouring thrift stores for all of the '90s bedroom furniture and all of the you know the old like sofa and like all this stuff and got, like, got me a crt we just yeah like we played you know, pokemon the big fat tv nice. with the built-in vcr and yeah. you know like brad brought over like the i don't know if it was he brought a super nintendo i mm -hmm. think we were we were playing on um and but taylor also found like all of these like old vhs's and like you know put them all up in this it's really 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 well done it um, is incredibly well done yeah wonderful. So like, <laughs> Taylor's extraordinary. It helps. It helps that I lived through it because uh, I was like, I know what looks right and what doesn't look right. <laughs> Played pogs. Yeah, I taught them how to play pogs in in the middle of the song playing in the recording. Yeah. Oh wow! So we did um, some some slammers. No, it was instant dancing. I taught them some instant dance moves. I was really bad at pogs. You were also really bad at the NSYNC dancing. No, -uh, I was good. No, Gareth, I... Gareth would not commit. <laughs> Gareth is too that is just... traditional masculine yeah. to like commit to. <laughs> it was it was better though. It was better that way. <laughs> well, awesome. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we shot it one day and it was exhausting and it was fun. That was the best day. Sort of the that was the best day. Plus, it got me the snarky gig. That's true. Yeah. Hell yeah, snarky cool. gig. So, say what is that about? Say more. Yeah, say more. Oh, oh, elaborate. So we 
whenever we recorded that day, we were wrapping and about to leave the building. And that is whenever uh, Brad Suffer mentioned, that's what Brad is short for. That's whenever Brad mentioned that he worked on all those snarky shoots. And I was first introduced to snarky by my high school jazz band director when he played Binky on our big projector and the whole band was like, can we do this outro? And he was like, oh no, I let all these high schoolers hear a sweet jam and now they want to play it. So he let us. Um, That's badass. So I've been a, a fan of snarky that would have been about nine years. And that was Sunday morning. And I think the next day he had already gotten your contact info and said, hey, my dolly grip bailed. I know you wanted to attend all of these or one of these snarky shoots can get you in if you are willing to work on the video crew <laughs> so, hell yeah um for empire central um i got to be a dolly grip and it was so much fun and so much like learning and i got food poisoning on the third day but i was back on the fourth <laughs> oh man <laughs> that's amazing officially worked on a, on a grammy winning yeah, nice. I was Grammy adjacent. Hell yeah, <laughs> and that's the that's the beautiful thing. And we didn't get get it get to get into this too much, but like just it goes to show like the scene how kind of tight knit it is and how close it is. You know, six degrees or what what have you. Like everybody knows mm -hmm. somebody who knows somebody who who's doing stuff like that. And so because of this video, now you're now you're getting to to be a part of that shoot. That's just that's awesome. Um, well, that's the thing. Like yeah, go ahead. you went into it like trying to like the ladder climbing thing like it probably would never have happened if i had like you have to make these relationships organically you cannot force mm -hmm. these types of these types of things you know in any sort of healthy way i think um and because people see through you you know yeah. like when you are trying like when you want something from someone they know it mm -hmm. you know but if you are just showing up again like authentically and like you just want to like hang out like have a relationship you know like form a connection like in a real meaningful way then all of a sudden doors start opening because people want to doing stuff with you. Write you know? that down. Write that down. He literally, he literally only offered because he said I was fun to hang out with on the shoot day. If I had like, if it had occurred to me to be like, hey, can I like work with you sometime? I don't. Yeah, I, don't like, I think it would have been more off putting. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. So okay, I guess to wrap up. Um, a just tell us a little bit for the listener who maybe is uninitiated. Talk about Get Right, uh, the record, and then kind of tell us about Get Right or Get Left Behind, the single, and we'll play that here at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Get Right is essentially, I mean, that's the idea, right? Is that like we're, need to, we need to kind of sort our shit out a little bit. Um, so the album sort of explores that kind of like, personally on sort of a familial or like communal level and then also sort of like as a global society so the idea is that like songs sort of tackle different perspectives on kind of all the ways in which we've become sort of disconnected and you know destroying the earth destroying each other destroying ourselves um you know and it's sort of i think it ends with what i hope is something you know kind of hopeful in terms of like we can we can actually sort this out we can we can do better uh, and that uh, I hope that we will. Um, so yeah, but I mean, again, you know, it starts with you. Um, 100%. That's kind of what I get out of it. I don't know if y'all have any other thoughts too. 
I mean, Get Right is probably one of my favorite songs thus far. Oh, so yeah. the single is, yeah, that's it's a it's a good song it's for sure. Movie. And that's been that was a fun one to work on with y'all. Yeah, um, so we just fun. did a video shoot for um, the NPR Tiny Desk Contest, and that was I think I don't know if it's going to be the song. It's one of the songs that we're considering. Um, it's the song. I cannot <laughs> I cannot currently commit to it one way or the other, but. Um, yeah, that song started out as like a live looping song that I used to do. Um, and it just, you know, it, at its heart, it's just basically anti-capitalist, just like the way the way that our system is set up. Like, I don't know how anyone I don't know how anyone can expect anyone to be happy yes. with the system that we've created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's sort of uh, that's sort of at the heart of it, I would say. That's awesome. I mean, like I, I couldn't agree with you guys more. Uh, it. Let me. This is totally kind of off, like out of nowhere. Are you, are you is as tall as lions a band that you like or are into? You ever heard of them? I've never even heard of them. No, man. I should check them out though. Uh, okay, th- listening to that to to the song "Get Right or Get Left Behind," I was like, man, this sounds like as tall as lions. I was like, I wonder if they're into that band or not. Oh, okay, cool. totally. Yeah, <laughs> that I was. I heard a little bit of that. Check them out. I think you. It's yeah, same, same sort Absolutely, of vibe. Yeah. But the strings and the bells, did you, is that your orchestration or did somebody come in and like? Joseph and I arranged all the strings on the album. He did like 90% of it, but I still take a little credit because <laughs> I didn't sell it. Um, the, uh, the, the bells actually, yeah, that's a line I use. I usually play like on harmonics on the guitar. Okay. Um, that's how I wrote the line, actually. It, it was just like. Looking for harmonics I could do without having to do any pinch harmonics um, or getting too fancy because I'm not actually that good at guitar. <laughs> uh, so, so I found that and I was like, that's kind of a cool melody. I'll keep that. Um, so, yeah, and then we uh, we did Glockenspiel for that line. And nice. Then, um, yeah, the string arrangement on that one is, like, epic. Um, if you see the sheet music, it's like, there it was is. one iteration that, like, it went through, like, this, like, video game boss battle sort of like vibe. There was some of that. And I was like, we have to dial it back a little bit. Um, it, so in the, I, I, I very much remember starting that. And then this was still like heat of the pandy. So like I sent it over to you just through like Facebook messenger or something. And you were like, what's with all of these 16th notes? Cause it was definitely your crime. It was too many notes. It was a dungeon crawler. Too many notes. So yeah, production-wise, like that was was you know again, it was one of those songs. It was just like just gonna make the song that I want to make. Like this is what the song wants to be. Like I'm not gonna worry about making this too marketable. Um, like commercially speaking, like it's probably one of the more marketable songs on the album, but like, I would still say like a far cry from you know, what you would expect to hear on the radio. Um, and like, I'm okay with that. And uh, what I found is that it's probably, it's, it's more people's favorite song than not. I would say. It's a fantastic song. So uh, yeah, you guys are doing some great work. Do you have any uh, coming up in, in the near future, any new releases coming up? You're working in a new song. got any shows coming up or anything um yeah uh in terms of like okay so shows we have uh march 24th in arlington at dr jekyll's with Goolsby. nice um 
that's for a series that Joseph was actually curating. Um, in April, I think it's 414. There's a touring band from Chicago that's coming through, and I think we're playing with them. And we're headlining at the Post at River East on May 26th, I want to say. I think it's a Saturday. Um, that's with Traumatics and nice. Opener to be determined. Then we'll be playing a couple of shows in California in August. And um, I think we're going to release a single this year that features Jackie Vincent on guitar. Uh, it's a great song. And Jackie Vincent is a phenomenal guitarist. So that'll be great if and when we can get it like finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're working on a couple of album projects right now, um, but no, no clear dates on those right now, though. So. We're trying to take our time and enjoy the process, I think. And I think that's important. But awesome. I mean, it still, still seems like you guys are still being pretty busy. Still got a lot of, a lot of stuff coming up. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, like I said, I got three kids. So we got yeah. one show a month is my, my limit. <laughs> my wife gets really upset. You're so. really, yeah. You're, you're, you're making it all happen. You're keeping those plates spinning. And you're, you're making some beautiful stuff. So I just want to say thank you to you guys. For, for setting this time aside and having this lovely conversation. I'm glad we got to do this. And uh, thank I'll thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Of course, of course. And I'll definitely come out to one of these shows and check you guys out. And uh, please yeah, do some more stuff down, down the road in the future. Please leave it in the comments. If he does not show up to our show at Jekyll's, <laughs> I will be. <laughs> Give it up for Court Huang. Wasn't that, man. Wasn't that awesome? Like, that was a lovely conversation. What a beautiful human being and beautiful group of human beings. Um, I really felt like we, we, got, we got to talk about some real stuff in this, in this talk. So, listener, thank you so much for joining us and making it to the end. I want to remind you, March 24th, you can catch them at Dr. Jekyll's with Goolsby. And on May 26th, you can catch them headlining at the Post with the Traumatics. Thank you, listener, for joining us. And without further ado, check out the 2022 single from Court Huang, Get Right or Get Left Behind.
Ooh, it's awful in this place. Ooh, it's awful in this place. Ooh, it's awful in this place. 